the most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Welcome to the King and Foster Show, and we have a new member of the family here. The NRM family. NRM. Mr. Tom Mazaway? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, I'm going to break some news. It's TJ Lang. Mr. And pe- Lang. People always ask me, what's the TJ stand for? It's Talello John Lang is his uh, name. Terrence. Terrence. <laughs> and, uh, no, but uh, welcome to the uh, family there, fella. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, I actually watch you on the the stupid little Lions thing. That, oh, uh, yeah. Yep. When you're the in-game. Yeah. The, the in-game, in-game thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, uh, on the big screen you're talking yeah. about? No, no, no. Not on the in-screen, the, the on the uh, internet. Yeah, 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 when you're interviewing yeah, players and stuff like that. Yeah, what'd you think of it? You got a little like personality. It. it was fun. Yeah, you it know, it was fun. Yeah, I think it was more fun when... Uh, when I was a player, you know, because you have that everyday bond with the guys and it's easier to shoot the shit a little bit. Um, when I was retired this past year, it was a little bit tougher because, you know, those guys are going through a lot, man. It was a tough season for them and not a lot of excitement or energy to really do much outside of well, the, plus outside you're, of the building. Plus, you're, you're not in the locker room anymore. Do they trust right. you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the guys do. I mean, you know, I always had a – I think I've always had a good reputation with the guys. I mean, you know, I'm a trustworthy guy. I think that's one of my top uh, characteristics is just the loyalty. You know, I think the guy, they gave me some shit early on in the preseason when I was doing some uh, Fox 2 uh, pregame and postgame right. coverage. You know, you're getting that from the guys calling you one of the media members now. And, Hollywood. Um, yeah, but I think most of them were just, uh, it was fun and jokes, man. It was it was tough being away from those guys every single day, but talking to them, texting with them, um, you know, made me, it made the transition a little bit easier knowing that I still had had that friendship with all the guys. Okay, because you got to identify more with what they're going through. Right, yeah. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what some 300-pound dude is feeling. <laughs> you know, I do know this. NFL Pain. players, no, I, I, I'll say this for NFL yeah. players. You dudes should get weed every week. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of guys they do, do it. Yeah. But, <laughs> self-medicate. But it's illegal, but they should just say NFL it's players. Legal. It's, it's not well, illegal. I mean, it's... it's you know, still kind of it's illegal. a banned well, substance in the NFL. It, it's it's a matter of time before yeah. uh, it's it's taken off the banned substance list, and and actually, when the federal government actually does something and change uh, the law and change it from a Schedule One drug and lower uh, its status, um, I think the stigmatism that it has for organizations like the NFL, um, you know, it'll help alleviate everything in. And they'll usher it in. Yeah. No, you crushed it. But I think the one thing with the weed testing is um, there's a window. There's like a two-month window. It's either, you know, the end the beginning of May, you get tested up until the beginning of uh, July or whatever it is, maybe August. And once you get tested, I mean, you, you pass the test, you're fine for another year. And I know actually a lot of the CBA discussions that were going on in the past uh, week or two, um, one, one thing that the players wanted was shrink that window. Get, mm-hmm. Put it down to a one-week window. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows – you know, there there ain't nothing wrong with smoking right. weed, especially with all the uh, evidence now that's coming out about the the medications and pres- prescription pills that have been doing a lot of damage. So I think the NFL is slowly climbing there a little bit, um, but I, 
think it's it's still kind of a, a universal thing where you know there's still a stigmatism around it, and I think uh, you know ultimately in I don't know how long it's going to take, but maybe next five ten years, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully hopefully they catch on board with it and and just let the players uh, choose a healthier option of, of staying healthy. Well, TJ, I felt sorry for you in two regards. One, I always felt sorry for you and the other players on Mondays because you dudes are rolling in the locker room like Grandma Moss could barely move. <laughs> and uh, they'd have uh, they'd give you guys massages and stuff like that and probably heating pads and all kind of stuff. I like NFL players on Monday, the most useless people in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to understand. I'm a, I'll put it in perspective for you. Obviously, I'm a basketball player. We got it's 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 a contact sport, but it's not a collision sport. Football is a collision sport yeah, where it's a car accident. Yeah, where where literally every time you know every every time every play that you play is like a is like a car crash. So the 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 level of of that you of, of intensity that you go through, the level of of uh, abuse that you put your body through. Mm. Um, that Monday morning, I can attest to – give you an example, right? Like I said, basketball player, just, you know, contact sport, not collision. There were days that I would wake up and I couldn't move. So I could imagine what it was like being, you know, uh, uh, an NFL player and having, you know, those types of um, uh, buildups in your body where mm-hmm. some days you, you can't do what you – what your mind is telling you to do and you have to get some rest and you have to recover. Yeah. No, you're right. You nailed down the head. I think those Mondays were, especially the older you get, um, Mm -hmm. they were tough, man. It was Mm -hmm. tough just getting out of bed. I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, you're coming home from a, from a road game. You don't get in until three, four o'clock in the morning. You know, you try to fit a couple hours of yeah. sleep in, and then you get up the next day, and um, it just hits you, man. I think it hits everybody at a certain point on Monday, uh, Tuesday, or Wednesday. For me, was actually the toughest day mm-hmm. because you're still not recovered, mm-hmm. and then you're going right, right back, back into full it. pad practice. Right, and they want um, you to play on Thursday. Yeah, and the <laughs> Thursday games, man. I tell you what, the Thursday home games were a little bit more manageable because you know you're not traveling for a whole day. Wednesday, you get more time in the building and to rehab and to get in the cold tub and mm-hmm. see the trainers. When you travel on the Wednesday for the for the road trips on those Thursday nights, I think those were the, the toughest games I've ever had to play. And, I, you know, I played a couple of them coming back when I was in Green Bay, coming back and playing those Thanksgiving Day games. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. losing seven hours right. because that's a noon, that's a 1230 start right. on a Thursday. Yeah. You know, so those were the toughest ones, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, the older you get, you, you obviously a part of longevity in the NFL is how you can uh, manage, you know, your body and, and how you learn to, to, to manage more pain the older you get. And I, I think every year for me, you know, up until my 10th year was, okay, whatever I did last year, is not going to be enough. I'm going to have to do more. I'm going to have to find somebody else that can help me, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday to, to make sure I'm recovering properly so I can go out there and I can practice Wednesday and I can practice Thursday and you can be kind of the, the role model role model and the leader and try to be a guy that uh, just sets an example on the pain management side to say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in a lot of pain. This is how I deal with it. This is how it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've, I've gotten a lot of tips from older veteran players that I played with and I've also given some down to some younger guys um, that I I think the, I think it felped. Now, TJ, um, owners want to beat your bodies up even more <laughs> with a 17th game. Yeah. And um, 
That's okay. Matter. Share that. Share not, that money. No, no, wait a minute. No, no, no. They break that bank. If they want to add that seventeenth game. They need to they need to okay. go ahead and share revenue share as they're Correct. doing with You're but right. more so with but the players. They're doing this because these guys want more money. I'm talking about the owners. They they make enough money. Now they're throwing in the 17th game. It's not going to be at home. Is it going to have a neutral site game? How are they going to do a 17th no, game? I mean, I think it's going to be half the teams get a nine home games and the other half only get eight. So really, we, not when fair. you look at it, it's you get an extra home game every two every years, year, yeah, you know. Every, year. every two every years, year. you're, yeah, mm-hmm. you're playing. You're playing nine home games, but that doesn't matter. I mean, the the money's coming. The majority of the money's coming from the TV deals. Right. You know, that's where that's where the owners get all their money, um, predominantly. Yeah, the home game is a you know couple more million, but it's it, it it's just you know it pales in comparison to what they're bringing in from the TV money. So I'm with you, Jimmy. I think, hey, you know, you want to get that 17th game. Break show, show me that the paper. Bank. That's you know, right. Show me the paper. And I think right. that what we've seen the last couple of weeks with uh, the CBA and the negotiations is, I think there's going to be at the end of it. Unfortunately, the owners they want to um, they want to come off positive to the majority of the league, and the majority of the league is the young guys who are making less than two, three million dollars a year. And you offer those guys one more game check, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to be hard for those guys mm-hmm. to turn it down. I think the the veteran players, the guys, the superstars. I don't think those guys like the deal at all because mm-hmm. you know they're already making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those guys. It's more important for. This is the last time a lot of those guys are going to be able to vote for their future because mm-hmm. this, you know, the CBA passes. You don't have another ten years. Right. A lot of these guys now, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in the league right. ten more, you know, ten years. Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. he's probably not going to be in ten years from now. Mm-hmm. So um, these guys are finally starting to realize this is my last chance to vote for my future and take care of um, not only myself but all the other retired guys who have come before me. And unfortunately, um, the majority of the league doesn't feel that way because it's a lot of young guys who just want want a little bit more cash. I think they're trying to hoodwink you guys. You're going to get an extra bye week, just so you know. There'll okay. be two That's bye nice. weeks. There'll be two bye weeks. So now the NFL season is going to last six months. Well, yeah, like I said, it's going to be Super Bowl Sunday will be on President's Weekend and because mm-hmm. the people will have Monday off. That's the way it's going to be. That's the way it, they looked at it ten years back because everyone wants Super Bowl Monday off. There should be a holiday. <laughs> Let's face it, that's our... That's our day, Super Bowl Sunday here mm-hmm. in America. That's America. I mean, international Super Bowl Sunday is amazing now. I think you get that Monday off after. Most people, bank guys, schools, it'll work. Yeah. And I've had the past couple Mondays off, too, with Super Bowls. Cause, uh, yeah, you, you came here. <laughs> I haven't had to play, but also my, my kids, you know, they've got a great deal at the school with the auction yeah. every year. The parents chip in some money. Oh, yeah, you don't have to worry about off, playoffs some money. or anything. Everybody gets a day off. It's I beautiful. So you it's come gorgeous. to Detroit, you just worry about the 16 games. You're done. <laughs> That's it. And for, we, you know, right. we were close. And we were close in 17, man. It's crazy when you look back on, on things. and When? 2017, we had you know we're nine and seven. Nine and seven. They would have made the, the playoffs uh, in this. It was new, the, in this new deal. Just, they it was been in the playoffs. It's, it's, it's crazy how when right after the season you're like, damn, if we could have made one more play, you know. And, and I look back at the Atlanta game where we got stopped on the one inch line. You know, oh, that's yeah. ten wins. Oh yeah. You look at the Cincinnati game. We could have beat. You know, should have beat them. That's eleven. Same flip side. You also look at a couple wins that you had. That's like, yeah, it could have gone the other way too. That but Atlanta game that, I really felt, sticks out. Yeah, I felt like that 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 year was you know our closest that we had to you know getting in the postseason and maybe making some noise. I got it. T- hold on. Oh, let me oh, oh, I, go ahead, let me go ahead and get this out the way because I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> let me fire because I guy. need this. I need this. I need this. this <laughs> This question answer TJ sir what is your opinion on Matthew Stafford 
Ooh, you know, that's the first time I've ever been asked. See? <laughs> no, it's not. He's lying. I know. He protected I know. him. I know, I know oh, he protected man. him, and that's what I'm saying. Asked the me lions like 50 times are protecting before. him. <laughs> you know, I took a lot of flack uh, at, before this past season because I said Matthew Stafford's a, a quarterback that can win you games. I, I like the guy. I like the leader that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. I think he's unique in the mm-hmm. fact that he doesn't walk around like with this kind of superstar mm-hmm. aura about him. I mean, mm-hmm. he just kind of wants to fit in and be one of the guys and be mm-hmm. a guy that, you know, just, just a normal guy, which I think is rare mm-hmm. from a quarterback in the NFL that makes that much money. Um, but I, I said before the season, I said, you know, I, I think they need to get Matthew Stafford help as in bring in a rebuild the whole system. Let him build the running game, you know, build a play action game, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe bring in a couple more weapons that he can use. And I took a ton of flack for it. You're paying him $30 million, He doesn't need help. Well, look, yeah. look that's at all, all they've the been success. doing is trying to get him help. Look at successful quarterbacks in today's league. Look at, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the guy who won the NFC Conference throwing the ball 12 no times doubt. a game, you know, because they're running the ball, because they're doing play actions, because they get guys wide mm-hmm. open. That's what I meant by get the guy mm-hmm. some help, because mm-hmm. so for so many years, it was basically. All right, staff, let's go, man. Throw the ball 50 times. Let's go right. win the game. And that's the, that's a lot of pressure for any quarterback, no man. And he at- burnt out coming back. What it was it? Y- y'all have what, eight uh, comeback, come from behind victories, uh, which was an NFL record. Yeah, which Couple- was insane. Yeah, that's you insane. Know? And you're putting that much pressure on one single guy. Right. And it's like every week we'd go into the game plan. Okay, we're going to run the ball 30. We're going to pass there. It's like, okay. You know, mm-hmm. then you get in the game first seven fit. calls or pa- passes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. You know, and as an offensive lineman, that's that's like the your least favorite game, man. Mm-hmm. You want to run the ball. You want right. to set the tone. You don't want to be back there pass blocking right. every single play. So I think he I think he did have a lot on his plate. And I said, I said it. I said, Said, get you know, build, keep building the run game. You had carry on Johnson, who uh, showed a lot as a rookie before he got hurt, but um, build a play action, build a play action game, build a run game. I think mm-hmm. he could be one of these guys, like a Matt Ryan type, mm-hmm. um, you know, who took his team to a couple Super Bowls, and um, he can be that type of guy. So yeah, I definitely think he's a guy that's got uh, you know, as long as he stays yes. healthy, I think he's, got, he's got a lot of right Guess here. what? I Guess it. what? I, actually, I knew it. I actually agree with him to a certain <laughs> extent. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can't agree now, T. Wait, do you know? You've been Matthew talking about Stafford. Yeah, but here's what I, I'm consistent about. You know what Matthew Stafford's biggest problem is? What? He plays for the Detroit Lions. Uh-huh. Well, he can't help that. I, and that's why I, I asked his teammate, who's on the same line with him, like, what is this guy? Because he – He's going to tell me. I know he's going to tell me what what Matthew what is Matthew was really like, and you can tell. Well, no, I can not. see. If he, if he I was can an see. asshole, he wouldn't say it. No, yeah, I'm, I'm a, you know, and the yeah, thing that I, the thing that I like though is ask that about Aaron's, ask about Aaron you know, see? I'm, It was always tough for me to do interviews because. You don't really come off authentic when you're a player because right. you always have that fear got, in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Of, oh shit, I don't want to go in there. And <laughs> somebody's gonna be pissed at me on Monday because mm-hmm. I said this in the media. Mm-hmm. I don't have that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've got friendships. Yeah, I like these guys, but at the same time, you know, I've I've got a good following because I've always been honest. Right. And I think that's you know, it's it's kind of a thin line where you know the years I was playing in Detroit, I love Matthew Steph. No, no, mm-hmm. you don't. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I really do. You know, this mm-hmm. is how I really feel. So, mm-hmm. T, I got no, I got no, uh, I got no motivation to lie. To anymore, man. I don't have a paycheck coming in from NFL anymore. I'm here to speak the truth, brother. Now, TJ, speaking of, uh, speaking the truth, you're going to join our family here, the NRM Streamcast family? Yeah, hopefully in the next, uh, you know, four to six weeks or so. All right. We've got something coming on. we got to go with a cool Don't worry, game. I'm not going to talk basketball. You know? <laughs> we know that. We know. Now, Jimmy, Jimmy King over here is uh, – 
He's like my son. And I'm trying to teach him the ropes. And I've talked to him about how athletes won't answer certain questions. I'm going to ask TJ a question he won't answer. Hmm. Okay. Let's All right, see. ready? Okay. This should be interesting. I don't know if he's a savvy vet mm. now. Yes. How come the Lions are the most useless organization <laughs> in all the professional sports? The ultimate liar, <laughs> lion basher. Hey, this is the lion basher. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. Not one thing that you said wrong. No. It's very subjective. Hey, you're looking question, at a guy who it? wears Lions gear every day. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got some gear. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think. Uh, They're hapless. The one thing I could say, though, is that being in that locker room for two years, um, you feel so. You feel a lot of pressure. You really do. And I think it's coming from mostly the fans who just are so desperate to just see a winning team and deserving of a winning team. Um, but it's it's just like it's kind of this pressure where you feel like why why am I the one getting this pressure? I've been here for a year mm-hmm. or two. Like what the hell they're holding me responsible mm-hmm. for the last fifty years? You know, you mm-hmm. kind of feel that way. Um, which hey, I'm not complaining about. It's part of the business. You know, it comes with the territory. But I do think that. Being in that locker room for two years, you know, I could never put my finger on it as just why we couldn't get over the hump. Um, but I always felt like we were close. And even my last year that I played in 2018, I felt like we were close. You know, I just felt like we had a couple games where we just laid a dud, and it's like, what the hell's going on? And then we go out and we beat the Patriots and we beat the Packers, and you're beating these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and it's like, can we just grasp that, put it in a bottle, and just hold on to that, man, and just remember what we did that week and what we did that game to prepare to get like ready to go? And um, it, it's all just – its ultimately it's about the consistency, and we weren't able to find that. I was going to say, there's this magical word in the NFL. It's called consistent. Just be consistent. You don't have to be great. Hey, just they be are consistent. consistent. Well, they're consistently bad. Yeah, I'm saying consistent. consistently good. Okay. I want to ask. I want to ask TJ this: as a guy that played for the Packers, our division rival, what do the players think of the Lions? Um, you know, honestly, my do they first laugh at them? no. Well, so my first couple years, honestly, yes. I <laughs> think uh, 2009 <laughs> up until maybe 2011. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of knew that. Eh, okay, you know, it's the Lions. Whatever, they don't have any hot shots. You know, we're, we'll be all, we'll be okay. You know, and then at t- that time, we were, you know, we were. Super Bowl winning yeah. team. I mean, we had a lot of confidence. Um, I think it shifted really, really rapidly once the defense in Detroit started to get better. Once Sue and yeah. Fairley and Ansa came together, and that and and being on the offensive line, you're looking across, you're going, "Ah, oh, these guys ain't no pat, you know, cupcakes anymore, man. We're in for it." And we had a fierce rivalry for you know three or four years where we were going back and forth, and we always had a hard time coming to Ford Field. It was oh, always yeah. a tough game. Um, so I think that stigma kind of switched once we saw Detroit was able to bring in some big-time guys, and, and they were playing big-time football. And, um, you know, you look at the 2014, see, I think for two years in a row we played in Week 17, and the winner w- was the uh, would have been crowned NFC North champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually don't at it, laugh at the Lions. I can tell you why. Way back in the days before your time, I got drunk with Brett Favre at the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Oh, nice. And he told me. He wasn't me, playing, was he? <laughs> oh, yeah, he was playing. It was, uh, it was the Wednesday night. He said the Wednesday night was the last night they could go out. Yeah, so we were at right. uh, the Gaslight District in San Diego. And uh, the reason I got it was uh, Van Earl Wright, who used to work here. He says, uh, we're going to have a few drinks with a friend of mine on the Green Bay Packers. Of course, he wouldn't tell me who it was. And it's freaking Brett Favre. So I asked him oh, about cool. the Lions. I said, dude, you you have to laugh every time. you." He says, actually, we don't. He says, they play us tough. He says, I play crappy whenever I go to the Silver Dome at the time and everything. He said, 
I feel sorry for the players, but I kind of respect them. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So it wasn't a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha yeah. type yeah. of thing. But they were a better team back then, too. The Lions yeah, but were still, a, a very respectable team. They were the, one of the best teams in the 90s. They made the playoffs more than any other team in the 90s, yet they went nowhere. Yeah. It's 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 people forget that yeah. it won it's one playoff win. game. Yeah. Hey, it's hard to win, you know. But I will say, reflecting your sentiment, um, you know, the good part about playing ten years in the league is you, you get to meet a lot of really good people that that play and teammates and guys on other teams that you become acquaintances with. And um, last year, doing some work with the Lions, you know, with the media team, obviously, um, I still had a relationship with those guys. And after a couple games, you know, I would text a couple of my buddies in Green Bay and. Um, say, you know, what do you think about that team? And about nine out of ten guys said, that's a tough football team, man. That's a fucking – that's part of my language. That's a tough-ass football team, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though we, we beat them, yeah, whatever, those guys play hard. In a battle. You know, that's a tough team. And I think, hey, you know, if you're losing, it could go one of two ways. The guys are just giving up. The guys are just letting you walk all over them. Or, hey, we're going to put up a fight. We're going to battle this thing out. At least, if you want to take some silver lining out of the you know three and twelve one yeah. season, I think, and it's hard for the fans to understand because they just want results. But um, that's the one thing I think I heard a lot for a lot around the league is is Patricia and Quinn. They're building a tough team, mm-hmm. and I and think it, with that, it's a good 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 place to start. At and, least. I, and you can attest to this, TJ. Like you know, we Maz and T, and T we were talking about this uh, earlier uh, or a while ago, and. What I look for in teams is how players play for the coach, even if they're not winning. Yeah. Are they landing on the line? Are they going out? You know, do they believe in the philosophy? Do they believe in you know what they're being taught? Um, are they giving it their all, playing with their heart? That's how I judge good coaches. Um, yeah. do, how do you look at teams, you know, that aren't as good, but but then. Um, what's your opinion on players who who may who go out there just for a paycheck? Yeah, and and there's <laughs> there's a lot of guys like that. Trust right. me. I mean, I've played with a lot. I've played against a lot, and it's pretty easy to tell if you just watch some interviews or look at social media who's kind of in it for themselves. I mean, the one big problem I always had was with my teammates was, hey, if we lose a game, I don't want to see your ass right. on Twitter two hours after the game posting Talking. pictures of you catching a ball mm-hmm. or posting pictures of you making a tackle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – it's a terrible image mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of your team. It's a terrible image for the young guys that basically says, you know, we lost, but screw it, man. I had I, – I got mine. You know, I, I had a good game. It's just like – that always bothered me, and you can always pick them out really easy. And I mm-hmm. think the one thing about this organization, at least, is it, it's – in my mind, I think it's undisputable that, that that team last year gave up on the season. I, I don't think you saw that. I think there's no evidence of that leading up to the last game of the season where mm-hmm. you know, you're know you playing at home against Green Bay mm-hmm. Packers and had a chance to win that game with a bunch of uh, guys off the street from two weeks ago. You know, So I think that says a lot about um, just the chemistry and the atmosphere that you have in the building is just – Shit didn't go our way this year, man, but we are not giving up. We're going to go out there and battle, and that's a good building block. You know, if you're in a position like that, the last thing you want is, is you know, a 50% turnover on your roster where you're saying these guys are out, you know, they're, they're not buying in, let's get them out. I don't think we've seen that with the Lions. I think, you know, outside of a couple free agents that, you know, that's business as usual. But the one thing you have seen is guys that, you know, everybody looks at as a good player that gets shipped off and traded and, I think when you read between the lines there a little bit, and I don't have proof of this, but I think it's 
kind of comes off as these are the guys that aren't buying in. These are the guys that we don't want around the young guys. And um, let's let's get guys in here that are going to show the young guys, especially, you know, how, how to be a professional, how to win. I understand Jim Caldwell, when he was the Lions coach, he wasn't the best game manager in the world. But from talking to those guys in that locker room, they swore by him. They said they're going to, you know, bust through a, a wall for him, mm-hmm. for whatever. They liked the fatherly image. They they liked him for whatever reason. They were going to play hard. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, uh, when they fired him, one of the things I said is, you might get a better coach who, who can do things better in the, in the last five minutes of a game, but you run the risk of players kind of saying, all right, who's this new dude? I got to get to know him now. I, I don't trust him like I did this other guy that you just fired. And that was the big – I think that was the big risk, by, you know, getting rid of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what made Jim Caldwell work when he was here? Um, I think it, it felt like a partnership. You know, I think uh, a lot of coaches sometimes – you know, there's a lot of coaches out there who act as dictators. That that doesn't fly anymore in professional sports. It's a new generation mm-hmm. of kids um, that that just some some a lot of them can't handle the criticism mm-hmm. and a lot of them can't handle the embarrassment that comes with getting called. They out soft, in, TJ. Uh, it, they I mean, soft, man. It, I've seen <laughs> it, man. It's different than when I was a rookie. You no know, doubt. it's a lot different. Um, but I think the biggest thing with Caldwell was it just felt like a partnership. You know, it felt like we were in this thing together. You know, it felt like uh, That's beautiful. It, it didn't feel like you know. Hey, you guys aren't doing this. You guys aren't doing that. You guys aren't doing. It was just we got to do. We the captain we, we. on the ship. And and I think Caldwell just had a good understanding of the players. I mean, you, he was a guy you could go to on a Thursday, week twelve, and say, Coach, half our offensive line is beat up, man. These guys can't even walk. Okay, let's take the pads off. Let's you know do some walkthrough stuff so I can get the guys healthy. And I think ultimately guys respond to that. You know, mm-hmm. if you, you see a guy that's taking care of you, it's going to make you want to go out on Sunday and win for that guy. And I think. That's, that's a very, very now, underrated T.J. Lang is joining right the family here at NRM Street. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, what are you going to bring to the table, brother? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. What, what are you going to bring to the table? A lot of basketball. A lot of Michigan basketball. A lot of fans. Yo, four. I hey, hope hey, I get hey, Chris Weber on. There you go. That's what I'm talking about, T. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's the first spring project. Spring training. Spring it's training baseball. Spring training baseball. I'm not the expert on baseball or, or basketball. I talked a little hockey once now. But, no, it'll be um, – you know, obviously, you know, sports is my background. Football is my background. We're going to have a lot of that. Hopefully get some great guests on, um, not only former teammates and, uh, you know, guys that I've played with, but guys I've played against. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of a lot of just uh, good good folks that I think I want to talk to and I think the people would like to hear some stories from. And, um, you know, I think the one thing I say is I gained a lot of my following on Twitter because and social media because I, I never had a filter. I always spoke my mind. And I think that now that I want to start a show i want to almost take those words and put it into uh put it into a microphone and let the people hear it one more more quick thing oh here we go (laughs) are you training the pick or are you taking tua um gosh man this is Um, if it's me personally um i don't believe that a backup quarterback will help you win right now which is what this organization needs to do so uh i'm trying to i'm I'm looking to trade and i'm looking to get as many picks as i possibly can and try to get as many playmakers in right now that i possibly can well if you ever need me or maz i'm sure maz will show up if you ever need us need any help on your show let us know we'll be more than happy to show up i don't know about jimmy man (laughs) 
Oh, Jimmy, I got you, T. Jimmy may, oh, no, no, Jimmy I got may you, not T. show up. Well, I'll back. show up for sure, T. I got your right, back, TJ. King and Lang. That's good. Right, right? right? sure, yeah, T. it does. Uh, <laughs> you might have to go to Ann Arbor to pick him up, though. <laughs> That's true. Him hey, and his no little problem. dog, Gio. Oh, my God. Everybody's got a cell phone, man. We can just call each other. All right, man. All right, welcome to the family. All right, brother. Peace. Thank you, my brother.